stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Look, it's uh, very, very cold out there, folks. It sounds like things might uh, let up a little bit come next week. In fact, we might, uh, we might luck out and get a Chinook early next week. But it's been brutally cold. So, I mean, the, you know, the thought of stray dogs or cats out there wandering around, I mean, that's concerning, obviously. So it's interesting timing with this new report from the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies. Looking at whether Canada is making some progress here in dealing with cat overpopulation. And, and there's a lot of components to that. But it finds we are making progress. More cats are being adopted. Fewer cats are being put down. And we're even seeing progress in helping reconnect owners with lost cats. big part of that is, as Bob Barker always told us, have your pet spayed or neutered. And maybe that's still where we need to make some progress. Joining us on the line to talk about these findings, uh, Talika Rastagi joins us, Canadian Federation of Humane Society's Policy and Research uh, Manager. Uh, Talika, thanks for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. How do we get an overview in the first place? How do we know whether we are making progress when it comes to to cat overpopulation? Well, um, our organization has conducted a survey of animal care organizations across the country And we did that first in 2012, about five years ago, and asked some questions about about how cats are doing and what the homeless and overpopulation issue for cats was like. And just now, just today, we've released uh, a follow-on report five years later asking the same types of questions and measuring the same points. All right, so we're getting some of these, these numbers and data from these organizations right across the country. Right, and so we're talking about humane societies, SPCAs, municipalities, uh, spay-neuter groups, uh, rescue organizations, trap-neuter return groups, and and other organizations who are dealing with cats in their care. Do we have an idea then of approximately how many cats exist in Canada? That is a really tough question to answer. Yeah. So um, what we did do is, as part of the study, we also conducted a survey of Canadians across the country, general population, and asked about pet cats. And we've estimated, based on their response, that there's about 9.3 million owned cats in Canada. But in addition, there are a number of cats who would be considered not owned uh, or not part of a household or unowned cats homeless, perhaps, and um, it's very difficult to get a handle on what those numbers are like. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, When we compare cats and dogs, then, what what are the differences in terms of the the numbers or how cats are treated or, I mean, the different challenges cats pose? Is it a different kind of problem than, than we see with dogs? Absolutely, and one of the ways that the differences really come out in our report are that when you look at the number of homeless animals, there are over twice as many homeless cats in shelters than there are dogs, and there are um, twice the proportion of kittens in shelters than there are dogs, or puppies, I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so basically there are a lot of, um, you know, kittens that are produced that right from the get-go don't have a home, whereas that's not usually the case for, for the puppies. Are cats more fertile than dogs? Yes, that's the other aspect um, that we see. Uh, Kittens can be, uh, well, uh, cats, I was going to say kittens, uh, can become fertile as young as four months. So they really are kittens themselves if they 
if they are able to get um, um, pregnant at that age, uh, then it means that spaying and neutering at a very early age is really important in terms of curbing um, their production. Yeah, I suppose that would be. And and is that one of the areas where we, we still need to make more progress is when it comes to spaying and neutering? Yes, we, we really do need to make more progress. What our report found, which was fabulous, is that um, animal care organizations across the country are um, putting in lots of effort and are effectively spaying and neutering prior to adopting out their animals in their care um, far more than they were five years ago. So like 51% of the animals that are taken in, um, uh, according to the current study, uh, are spayed and neutered before they're adopted compared to only something like 26% five years ago. Uh, so they're doing a lot of work and uh, and we're making progress there, but more organizations should be spaying and neutering, neutering, excuse me. Um, more um, early sterilization should take place in order to get at that problem that I just mentioned a few minutes ago about really early, uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> early, ster- uh, yeah. early sterilization to address those kittens that can get pregnant early. Um, and, uh, and just more funding, more access for uh, people who might not be able to get to, uh, to vets as easily, low-income um, programs. Uh, geographic programs, things right. like that. Is it, is it harder to find homes for, for cats in shelters, or is it just a case of that there's so many more to begin with? Um, so there are so many more to begin with. I'm, I'm not sure, I'm sorry, if you could repeat the question, is it harder to find? Well, compared cats? to dogs, I mean. Do, 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 do cats tend to spend longer times in, in shelters before being adopted as, as, a, as compared to dogs? Right. That's a great question, actually, now that I've um, uh, heard what you've been asking, is um, there often aren't a lot of adoptable dogs in a shelter. And so what we hear anecdotally is that people, um, the, min- the minute a, a, dog or a, um, an, a dog or a puppy comes in of a particular breed, then they may get adopted right away. But there are so many more cats in the shelter that sometimes it can take longer for the right match to be made and for the right person to come along and find um, that. Uh. That being said, uh, adoption is increasing relative to five years ago. So I think organizations are doing a great job at finding ways of promoting uh, adoptable cats in their organizations. Uh, what's interesting, too, and I, I learned from this, that, you know, that, that obviously there's a burden on these organizations in, in looking after these cats, but for cats themselves, um, that, that, there's, um, that they can be prone to stress-related illness, and, and the more time they spend at a shelter, maybe the more likely that is to occur. That's exactly the situation. I'm really glad that you, you raised that. It's, it's really the issue of bringing in cats who are in an unfamiliar environment. Um, they get stressed out. Uh, that lowers their immune system, so they get ill very, very easily if they don't have the needs in place um, to, to give them to promote their health. And so uh, once they get ill, it can be very uh, quickly a downward spiral for them, and uh, you know, they may need to be euthanized because they can't get better. What's interesting, too, and, and I mean, I, I, I think that the trend here is starting to change, but obviously big difference between cats and dogs is that maybe typically owners have allowed cats to, to kind of roam the neighborhood. Uh, is, is that becoming less common? 
Uh, it is becoming less common, and we were very pleased to see uh, in the study that we did that most, ca- uh, most Canadian cat owners are actually keeping their cats either indoors or supervised when they go outdoors. So only about 28% of Canadians say that they let their cats roam freely outdoors. Um, so that allows them to be protected from a lot of dangers, uh, you know, fights with other cats or um, wildlife issues, um, getting hit by cars. I guess the one thing I would add is for Canadians who keep their cats indoors, it's really important to provide for enrichment and behavioral needs, making sure that they're, um, they're stimulated and that they're getting all of the mental exercise that they, they need as, uh, as hunting <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to the areas where there's still a need for some progress, in particular spaying and neutering, to whom does that fall? I mean, is that up to, to municipalities to make that a priority? Is it up to, to these organizations to, to make it a priority? Who, who needs to take the lead? Yeah, um, I think everybody needs to do their part, for sure. And so a lot of organizations that are looking after, like Humane Societies, SPCA's rescues, a lot of them have... Um, undertaken a program of spaying and neutering every animal as a policy prior to letting them go to their new adoptive home. Municipalities, um, we found their response was much, much lower. Um, So more like 20% of respondents from municipalities said that that was a policy compared to almost 100% of the other organizations. So that's certainly one area. The other aspect is um, funding. So uh, the other organizations, uh, Humane Societies, SPCA's Rescues, et cetera, they're often charitable organizations. And so um, all of, uh, of that spay neuter um, activity is being funded through charitable dollars and through um, uh, donations, through uh, veterinarians who donate their time as well. Uh, so more funding towards spay neutering is is important and then just you know providing education providing incentives uh, linking up and really making um, setting out a system whereby we're encouraging members of the public to do the right thing through all the tools that that are possible in um, in the toolboxes that the different kinds of organizations have yeah, very interesting well people can read more at uh, cfhs.ca uh, Talika thank you so much for joining us here today really appreciate this Oh, thank you so much for your interest. All right, take care. Uh, Talika Rastagi is uh, Policy and Research Manager with the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies, CFHS.ca. I'm not a cat person myself, I'll admit it. What's interesting is, as the uh, society points out, cats are still the country's most popular pet. Found in more Canadian households than dogs, if you can believe it. But there is no dog overpopulation problem, or at least in most of the countries, they point out. In fact, in some areas, there's even a shortage of dogs for adoption. But cat overpopulation is a problem in communities right across the country. So she kind of outlined some of the reasons as to why that is. So yeah, spaying and neutering cats and, and doing it young is, is hugely important in trying to get a handle on this. The point about cats, you know, being allowed to roam the neighborhood, too, and maybe it's about time that that changed, because you were never tolerated with, with dogs, obviously. And, I mean, I get the cats, for the most part, can take care of themselves, and they're, they, they know the way home. But as someone else points out, Dave uh, texts to say it's very important to spay and neuter. Cats kill over 2 billion birds a year in North America, so it's important to keep them inside also. Or at least know where your cat is. 
I remember when you used to have uh, robins uh, would build a nest in our yard every year. And yeah, I remember it was probably the last time they did. And I would see this, this neighborhood cat, and he'd be climbing up my fence and trying to get up there. And I'd keep an eye out for him. I turned the hose on him a couple of times. That didn't deter him. And then, yeah, one day, there it is. Just, and just killed him. Didn't even eat them. Just the dead baby robins uh, scattered on the ground. Well, uh, you can't watch it all the time. But, yeah, why, why, why is this cat roaming around the neighborhood? Why is he in my yard causing trouble? Another text here says the Cat Cafe in Kensington does an excellent job of promoting cat adoption. But he says cats aren't dangerous to people. I think that's why we let them roam free outside where the dog, depending on the dog, could hurt somebody if left to roam free. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably true. Cats tend to keep to themselves. It's funny when I'm out walking my dog and we'll often encounter cats. And she's still got a little bit of that, that prey instinct, like with rabbits or squirrels, right? She really wants to go after them. So she'll see a cat, and initially that'll kind of be her same reaction. But most of the time, the cats, uh, at least the ones in our neighborhood, they, they, they seem tough because they just sit there. They'll get their backs up a little bit, but they don't run. And my dog will lose interest very, very quickly. I guess it's only fun if, if they run from you. Yeah, if they're looking to fight, well, that's, that's a little too serious, I guess. Anyway, 974-8255 is our number. Quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.